Well, I'm Lisa, and we, I, I guess it was my husband, Stephen, you'll meet him in a second. Um, it was kind of his calling to always live in the country, and I was against it, and we decided let's make some cider in the kitchen when we lived in suburbia. And it wasn't the greatest. It was mostly um, grocery store dessert apples, but, you know, we got into the, okay, this is kind of cool, and then found this great country property. I had had enough of living in the, the suburbs and we moved out here and it's really nicely situated because there's McKinnon Brothers Brewery down the road and there's Napanee Brewery in Napanee. So we're kind of on this sweet little spot of doing um, brewery tours and then we just made another batch while we were here and it was actually really good and it was really well received and we thought why not Let's jump in both feet. And we did, and it's been, I mean, our, our company name comes very organically because if we can do something the hard way five times before we find the, the easy way to do it or the, maybe necessarily the right way to do it, that's, that's the way we go. <laughs> so was there a plan on actually relocating to try with the cider sort of stuff or was it more the, okay, we're tired and we want to do country living and this could be a, a plan on the side? No, the, uh, the plan was always to, uh, to do the cider operation. So. We were looking for property that had the ability to plant trees, so we've, we've planted five acres and uh, um, they're very young and uh, sparsely populated right now, but, but the goal is to have our own orchard and, and to be able to uh, have some self-sufficiency, but um, as we grow, we'll, we are uh, purchasing all our apples from uh, just down the road, so we're trying to stay as local as possible and uh, help support our community as well. It seems to be sort of just the general motto of people in Prince Edward County and, and sort of along the strip here. Have you found it to be uh, supportive or beneficial in the community themselves and people helping you along the way? Oh, absolutely. Like, we've had a lot of questions. We've had issues with equipment. We've had, you know, questions about how using a tank that you've never, you know, in your lifetime used because it's a first go around. People are more than happy to jump in and say, yeah, absolutely, I'll help you. Or if they can't, they'll let you know who possibly can. There's never been a, you know, it's never felt like it's a competitive, uh, I guess, what's the word, environment or... Yeah, it's a very community-focused yeah. uh, group, whether it's the craft beer or craft cider um, crew. I mean, everybody's kind of... Uh, gets to meet each other in festivals and we hang out and uh, we get to, to know each other better and uh, yeah, as Lisa was saying, they definitely, uh, if they can help, they definitely will. And they've been really good, like McKinnon Brothers down the road has been fantastic. We have a lot of people come in here because they've sent us, or sent them our way and we vice versa, you know, if, if someone's coming in from the county or they haven't been here before, we'll say, hey, you know, there's a great brewery down the road, you should hit them up too. So everybody's kind of just helping everybody out. And for the cider sort of scene, we're still seeing more and more companies come on board. And uh, have you found that it's uh, it's not really a competition, but it's the fact that the more people are around, that the more cider is available, the more consumers suddenly join the market? And the thing I find with cider is no two, like no two cider companies are making the same thing for the most part. Like a lot of the smaller craft cideries each have their own kind of little niche. There's still cider, there's um, wild ferments, there's, you know, bottle condition, a whole bunch of different things. So it's, at no point has it ever felt competitive, to me at least anyway. Um, and we don't really, I guess I wouldn't categorize us as in the same category as something you find in the LCBO because we're quite frankly, we're not, we're small batch we're doing things a little bit differently. So we, you know, if we were to think of someone as a competition, it would be someone who's in a similar 
position, not selling in the LCBO, smaller batch. And it's just been a, it's more of a community feel than a us against them kind of thing because everybody's, everybody yeah. has a different offering. So it's not like I'm making the same thing as someone else and going, well, their same thing is better than mine, but no, it's, it's just different. Yeah, and I think the cider movement is still really young in Ontario. So mm -hmm. people are still learning a lot about cider. And uh, the more uh, people you have making good cider, the more um, the public's going to enjoy it and want to try yours and, and vice versa. So it's really about education as well um, and getting more fans of, of cider. And I've converted some beer people too. People come in and they're like, oh, well, do you have beer? I'm like, no, but I bet you if you try our dry, you'll like it. And we had someone come in. There's a group of four guys that came in. They were doing a beer tour, like a brewery tour, but they started here. And the one guy did not like cider. And I said, okay, well, that's fine. Like, I don't have beer, but why don't you guys all just try this? He wanted to buy a case of our dry. I'm like, I, so I always say, well, just try it. And most most times, I would say nine times out of 10, I can, I can sway them over. But, you know, the odd person, oh, it's good, but it's not for me. So, and that's our motto too. Like, we know we're not creating something that's necessarily gonna, everybody's gonna like, but that's fine. Like, you know, everybody likes what they like and it's not personal and, you know. <laughs> what got the two of you into cider? Can you think of a, a way where it happened? I, I, as Lisa said at the start, I've been making some small batches um, seasonally. Um, been doing it for, you know, three or four years in the basement type of thing and then, uh, really my education background is in science so I have had um, previous careers working in the food industry and um, so it's always been something that is a bit of uh, an interest whether it's making wine or, or anything else so um, I ended up taking a course in, in Cornell and uh, learning more about how to make good cider and, and it's sort of grown from there but uh, definitely it's a continuously learning you know YouTube is our friend. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you know it's like anything. You have to self-educate, but also mm. you, you try to um, learn as much as you can. Did you find that uh, the learning curve was tough? Where there are multiple times where you've gone ahead and put a lot of work into something, and then turned around and gone, "Okay, I'm glad it was only me that had this." Or has there been sort of a... Well, definitely the first few batches, as Lisa was saying. Oh, yeah. They were uh, challenging to drink, to say yeah. the least. We only drank them because we put so much work into them. <laughs> but, I mean, they were just... I don't think a lot of them we ended up finishing and we dumped. But now I can't even imagine every time we have to... You know, there's something that's... There's a little bit of something left in you're like, Oh, God, i got to dump this because it's, you know, been sitting here or whatever. It makes you almost want to cry. Whereas before it's like, eh, yeah, we're never going to drink that. So we're just going to go. But... No, I think, like with anything in industry, as you scale, there's always challenges. So it, it you know, it, it's always, um, you know, a new learning experience. Uh, <laughs> I'll put it that way. And uh, um, as we go from, you know, basement Smaller size bigger. batches to something that's much larger, then you definitely uh, uh, have to grow with it. So what are you producing now size-wise? Because we've got a bit of the, the tanks I can see here and the barreling. So what, what are you producing at the moment? Uh, and how has that come along in, in, in that area? Yeah, we're still a small producer. So, you know, we're in the, the thousands of liters. Um, <laughs> but uh, we barrel age our ciders. So that's one of a, a unique thing for us. Um, we've used barrels that have either had red wine or whiskey or 
spiced rum in them, and, and that's helped provide different flavors to our cider. Um, but using barrels is is a challenge in, in many respects because you um, you know you have to monitor it and make sure that they're always topped up, and um, you know it, you can get some that leak and everything else. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know it's it's like anything. Uh, um, there's always always something to do and always work. You fill it up across your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have a fun horror story for me. Uh, we've had a couple of barrels that. Uh, I thought were nice and, and tight, but they just, uh, at the very top, they started to leak on me on, on the ends. And yeah. uh, at that point, you're like, okay, got to get it out of here and put it in another one. So, you know, hopefully, uh, like, they do seal that over time, but it's just you don't want to lose as much product as possible. Yeah. And what are your offerings right now? So we have two ciders right now. We have our original dry, which um, is or dry, as I was saying, uh, there's no, no sugar to it. Um, and then we have our rogue apples, which has a bit of organic cane sugar added to, uh, to balance the acidity. Um, very shortly, we'll have uh, two other offerings. We have um, a whiskey-aged cider. So these barrels have had uh, some 25-year-old whiskey um, aged in them, and uh, we've put our cider into them. So we're so pretty excited about that one. And then uh, hopefully early summer, we'll have a raspberry cider. And I'm assuming locally sourced on the raspberry side of things? Or? Hopefully enough from our Yeah, <laughs> so we have a, a raspberry patch and yeah. uh, um, we'll hopefully, yes, yeah, this was saying, produce enough to be able to, to um, blend it in with our cider. And if not, then it'll be, you know, we'll try to source out as many local raspberries as we can. Um, it's just one of those crap shoots where the one year we didn't need them, we had probably, I don't even know how many tens of pounds of raspberries and last year we wanted them and you know, weather, that just like nature, apples. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's always the uh, the deciding the factor for yeah, <laughs> yeah for a lot of things. I mean, I think that was probably one of our big challenges this year was just sourcing out apples, because we made a bit of a rookie mistake the one year of the first year using something that you can't get every year, and we didn't know. And then last year, like, okay, let's oh, you can't do that. So that is a, is was a bit of a learning experience, but then. The, the issue I think a lot of cider producers might run into or probably will in the future is that um, the cider industry is growing whereas the apples themselves that's kind of they take five years to grow the trees to maturity so you can plant them today but you're still not going to have them for five years so the supply is going to not meet the demand at some point I think in the future so mm -hmm. I think that's going to be That'll be more of a challenge, I think, down the road. There are some people that are actually growing and, and um, investing in cider, uh, like cider apple-specific orchards, which is nice. So, but that still, it just takes time. And we've seen that, I think, with a lot of the industry ourselves. It's you know, triple uh, what there was five years ago with regards to cideries. So there's a lot more interest in it, which is great. And you're, and you're seeing it here in the county as well. This is a, a first stop of many on the way. And I think by the time we, we make our way out, we'll have probably hit eight and who knows, we maybe have found one or two others along the way because they seem to keep popping up in that sense as well. So uh, is there anything that you would suggest people do in order to get a chance to have to have yours or where they can go to learn more about what you're doing? Well, we have our um social media pages, our Facebook page, our Instagram page. We have our website, hardwaysider.com. 
Um, we are at the Kingston Memorial Center Market on Sundays from 9 until 2, most Sundays of the month. I always suggest checking our social media. I plan on being there three times a month. It's just depending on what our other uh, obligations are, I might not be able to make it. We'll also be in Gann two Thursdays a month, Brockville once a month, and there's a Kingston West End Market as well. So we're basically markets and our retail store, which is open Saturdays and Sundays from 11 to 5. And various festivals <laughs> throughout the summer so all of those things will be listed and updated regularly on our social media more so than our our website because we don't have control over that we have a little webmaster so it has to go through kind of a the third party thing so and it sounds as though when you add this onto the your normal nine to five jobs it, uh, it keeps you very busy so thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us and it's been a pleasure and photos and some video will hopefully be up on the website as well for you to check out so thank you again thank you, thank you.